This is WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. Time right now, 8.17. You're tuned to WGNS again on this Monday morning, today the 26th of September. And this morning we are joined in studio by Dr. Jimmy Sullivan with the Rutherford County Schools. And we were talking off the air about how many weeks into school we're we're already past. What, what did you say, nine weeks now? Yeah, good morning. This is nine week, the, the ninth week. We end our first reporting period this Friday. It's hard to believe. Man, time flies. It does. So as far as school goes, I guess you're about to be out for fall break. Correct. Yeah, this is um, first part of the school year is probably one of our most busy, along with the summer uh, and preparing for all of our students. You know, this Overall, been a successful beginning to our school year. We have officially crossed the 50,000 student mark. Just a couple years ago, we were at the 4647 mark, and now we're at 50,000, climbing to 51,000 very quickly. Wow, so we're almost at 51. If you include our pre-K students, um, yes, we are 50,700, 50,750. And that includes the, the virtual school as well, I guess. Correct, it does. How many students are enrolled in the virtual program? So it is actually shrinking just a little bit. Um, part of that is on our own part we limit our high school students to 250 um, just so that we can ensure we staff that correctly we're sitting at about 400 students at our virtual school and if you combine rutherford county school numbers with the city of murfreesboro that puts us above knox county i think yes correct it does knox county has been shrinking just a little bit the last couple of years but we would sit above 60,000, and we would be the third largest district wow it's hard to believe rutherford county has grown that fast in really a short period of time it is, and then we are still fortunate. Um, I know you have other districts across the state. You're big too, being Shelby County and and um, Metro Nashville, and we are our performance. Us and the city school, our residents are are blessed. We have two high performing school districts, and for us to still have that small town feel, but have a large district that performs well, I think is a great testament to this community. And again, fall break is the first big break coming up. And, and when does that start for students? When's their last day of school right before fall break? Yeah, we have this Friday will be their last day before fall break. And then they will be on fall break next Monday through Friday. So is that Friday a half day? Friday's a full day. Um, full so day. this week is completely full weekend school. And then next week we are out. I bet kids are excited. <laughs> they are and teachers are as well and parents are as well, probably. So now that we're behind, well, COVID for the most part is behind us i at least it appears Hopefully, that way yes yes uh, how are things going back to some type of normalcy are are you seeing uh, you know field trips again are you seeing folks visiting the school again what, what are you seeing yeah we are for for those different types of things pretty much back to as we were pre-pandemic so we have field trips that are occurring each and every day. I know I have two kids in the school system. One went last week on a field trip, and my other one goes on Friday on a field trip. So field trips are back to normal, welcoming people into the building as well. Uh, for lunches, some of our elementary schools are welcoming parents in for lunches on kind of a, a staggered schedule, maybe just a kindergarten and first grade on Monday, second and third grade on Tuesday. And that doesn't have anything to do with COVID. That just has to do with our elementary schools are so big to be able to fit kids into and parents and visitors, they have to break that up. Yeah, you know, it, it seems like with, I don't know, the current state of schools today, mixing in field trips, that's got to be tough to do, tough to schedule for each school. 
It is. And what makes it difficult for us, again, is that we are so big for us to take a third grade class at some of our elementary schools, for example. You may be taking 100 to 200 to maybe 250 kids to one location. And so we have to break those things apart for multiple days. And whenever y'all do these field trips, I'm sure you're recruiting the bus drivers who normally drive for the different schools. But are the bus drivers always the same drivers for that school? A lot of times they will be. Of course, we send that out through contract to see who would be interested. But we hope to keep that because the kids, uh, they're part of the community as well. You know, it, it seems like field trips, that, that hands-on learning experience, it's just one of the greatest experiences, I think, for kids. And I, I think that was missed a little bit during COVID. It absolutely was. And that impacted student behavior, impacted student performance, all of that. Just the hands-on experience of being able to interact in your classrooms, but then in an outside type situation as well. And here in Rutherford County, what are, I guess, some of the things that stand out to you that put us ahead of other school systems? And then what are some of the things that we're working on? Yeah, I think just overall, even the fact that we've been able to grow and stay as a level five district and what that means for us is that students from where they enter in in the beginning of the school year to where they are at the end of the school year is measured on TCAP, that they make at least one year's growth. And so for us, being a level five means they are making more than one year's growth. We are so large, and we have, of course, city school students move in, students moving all across the country into Murfreesboro and Rutherford County. We can't control where students enter, but we can control where they leave. As far as what we're concerned about, I think the biggest concern is making sure that our district is only going to be as good as the teachers and employees that we have. As we continue to grow, we are growing faster than local universities are putting out teacher candidates. And so we have to to look at different ways to, one, retain, because we have to retain our teachers, but then we also have to recruit new teachers as well. Again, we're talking with Dr. Jimmy Sullivan, head of the Rutherford County School System. As far as parent involvement with schools, especially at that elementary age and probably into middle school, where do the county schools stand and are you seeing a lot of parent involvement? Yeah, we're seeing a a definite increase in parent involvement. And part of that was just self-inflicted because of COVID and the lack of that. We are in the middle of launching a strategic planning operation as well. And so we started with our senior leadership team and principals getting input on where we are as a district, where do we need to go. We'll be launching a survey to our teachers and employees later this week and then our parents and community as well so that they can give us input on where do you see us as a district, what are some strengths that we have, but where do you want to see us also go as a district so that we can look to move forward. I know the last time you were on the air, you talked about doing a little research and hiring an outside firm to further help with that study on the current pay for Rutherford County school teachers and I'm sure admin and other staff as well. Where is that today? Yeah, so we are in the middle, or I guess beginning stages of a 90-day contract with them. So the first 30 days are meeting with our staff, getting just overall information of where we are as a district. The next 30 days are we've identified six districts across the state, and then they've identified districts across the country for looking at salary ranges. And then the last 30 days is then developing an actual plan and analysis for us. And so we hope by... Our December board meeting, I believe, is in the second week of December for them to present their findings. And by the way, for those listening, if you have any questions or ideas, you can text us at 615-893-1450. Again, text us 615-893-1450. Dr. Jimmy Sullivan with the county schools on the air with us today. And who is actually doing this study when it comes to the pay scale and what the pay scale may look like in the future? Yeah, we're using and contracting with Evergreen Solutions. So they are a 
company that's on a state bid and a state consortium that works with public entities and largely school systems and just public government to find out. And one that takes the bias away from us as a school system of knowing what our employees are worth and gives us a true picture of not just statewide, but regionally. And it is not just our teachers and administrators. It's our custodial staff, our cafeteria staff, our EAs. We're looking at everything. And when it comes to teachers, it seems like every year folks in the community say, you know, teachers should be paid more because they're in there educating, of course, our, our future in a lot of ways. Where do we stand right now on our pay scale compared to other counties and cities around Tennessee? We're very competitive um, and probably lead some of those areas, but part of that is because it is so far behind. Um, I want to give our county commission and our school board a, a ton of credit because the last two years, uh, two years ago, we increased 4%, and then last year we increased 5%, so that's a 9% increase. We always want to make sure we're doing more. We also have a change to our insurance benefits this year that's going to put better coverage and then more funds back into our employees' um, hands with their paychecks, but we are looking to be even more competitive. One of the programs that county schools came out with was a program really to get those who are in the business field into the classroom to teach. And if they didn't have their teaching license, that guess that first year they were working as a teacher, they then could get that teaching license as well. How is that going today? That is going amazing. Uh, we called it um, our EPP, our Educator Preparatory Program. That's not a really fancy name. Uh, doesn't really make people just want to jump up and go into teaching. So we call that and rebranded it as Rutherford Teach Now. We have had a full cohort of individuals from 12 to 20 every single year. And now it's just not business perspective and career and technical education. We also have that open for math and science, anyone with that type of background. And we hope to be able to open that up to other areas in the near future as well. Hey, I'm curious, are you seeing a lot of people who maybe, I don't know, near that retirement age or 50 years old plus who've been in business for years and they made enough money to, to save up to really do any job they they choose uh, where they can switch over to teaching if they're the sole provider of their family? And if so, what category are they in? Are they coming from, you know, large manufacturing facilities? Where, where are they coming from? Right. A lot of people are coming to us right now. And yes, we are seeing that. Um, I think that goes back to our community overall, to where other communities are seeing just that continual teacher shortage. And, and trust us, it is hitting here as well. But we've had a lot of community members who have, over the last couple of years, saw some of the things going on with public education, and they felt, you know what, I need to be involved and need to give back as well. Uh, we are having them really from all aspects, from accounting to manufacturing to engineering, you name it. We've had individuals interested. It just seems like the kind of thing where, you know, I could picture somebody who's been, I don't know, maybe even a lawyer for the last 20 years saying to themselves, you know, I really want to do something to help out that younger generation. I, I want to help direct them. I want to help teach them. So I could see where a lot of leaders would really enjoy getting into this line of work of teaching. Absolutely. And, and despite some of the negativity that you see around either locally or even nationally around education, many of those issues aren't what is occurring in Rutherford County. We have a very supportive teaching staff. We have a uh, a very supportive community and we're still doing amazing things for our students. What is probably the most shocking to me is one of the areas that we are struggling to find teachers just because there's not one of those opposite pathways is in our early grades. And so kindergarten through fifth grade is where some of our biggest shortages are. Now, I know since you came on board and really, I guess the year before you came on board as well, there were a lot of changes within leadership within different schools, such as Riverdale High School. They saw 
the replacement of one principal, new one came in. I think Oakland High School was another one. What are we seeing as far as that leadership turnover and, and what schools have seen those changes? Um, last year, we were blessed in that our school leaders, I believe we only had to replace four principals. And out of 50 buildings, that is a, a 92% uh, average of what we're returning our teachers. We have two administrators who are retiring this year as well. And so when you look at it from that perspective, anytime you are losing leaders, and really anybody in your your system, you're going to have that just that retention drain if you're losing your employees. Um, but we feel good about where we are right now. And speaking of retirement, I know the professional educators of Tennessee, I believe their organization put out information saying that over the next five years, we're going to see, I, I think it was around eight to 10,000 teachers retire, or at least teachers who would be eligible to retire within Tennessee. In Rutherford County, where do we stand with the number of teachers who are eligible for retirement? We are probably right there, if not higher, um, because we have a very experienced teaching staff. That's part of what's made our district successful is that we've been able to retain our, our retirees. What I want to thank our school board for doing is that they actually offered a bonus for individuals who had retired to actually come back and had a, a kind of a signing bonus so that we were able to pay them their their normal salary, the state of Tennessee also increased that so that they kept their retirement bonus or their retirement percentages. And then our our school board approved a signing bonus for them to come back to our school system. Are you seeing, I don't know, is there a decent number of the younger generation coming back to schools to teach who are you know graduating from, let's say, MTSU's education program? Are you seeing a lot of younger folks coming in to teach? It is still declining, and so when you are looking at where we were even five years ago, and then you go back a decade, you had hundreds upon hundreds of individuals going into the colleges of education. I haven't heard MTSU's numbers yet, but I heard from the Commissioner of Education that University of Tennessee Knoxville had their first increase in individuals entering the College of Education in over a decade last, this coming year. Why do you think there's been a downturn in those wanting to become a teacher in recent years? I think, one, um, we have to look at just how the the public perception is and what is per, what is portrayed about education and that unfortunately hasn't been positive even if that wasn't the the reality here in Rutherford County and Murfreesboro City that that's what's portrayed second I think we have to be a little bit more um, flexible in what we're offering our employees you know our younger generation is looking for a little bit of flexibility and we have to look at ways yes we're a government entity so we're somewhat bound on what we can do but we have to look at different ways to to support new people to make it attractive you know i think a lot has changed with teenagers over the years and while i i truly believe they're a lot smarter today because they are learning a whole lot more than what i think i remember learning in school especially when it comes to computers and computer programming but at the same time i think the generation that's in high school these days, a lot of them are lacking that parental guidance. Uh, is that a problem within the high schools as far as those who get into trouble for, I don't know, you name it, any problem under the sun? I don't necessarily know the parental aspect of it, but I would definitely say how to socialize effectively and how to problem solve. Uh, something that has really had been an unintended benefit, I guess, is the last couple of years we were pretty much wide open with devices. You could get onto our Wi-Fi access. Students could get onto the internet at any point. Um, this past year, we, in talking with administrators and approved by our school board, and honestly, I was skeptical of our students now can't take their personal devices on our school Wi-Fi, which is kind of forced communication, if you will, between them 
to where we've seen some issues, but it's, uh, I was at two high schools last week, just watching in the cafeteria, seeing how our cafeteria changes were going and seeing the communication in the community coming back in schools was great. It seems like you almost have to teach kids how to properly communicate with each other because everybody is on social media and texting each other and, and you know, whatever app they're using, that's how they're talking to each other these days. It is, and that probably communication is just as important as anything that we are teaching from a curriculum standpoint. Where do you see a lot of the seniors who are going to be graduating this upcoming graduation year? Where do you see them going? What direction? Is it co- towards computers? Is it, you know, towards maybe even the teaching field? But wh- where do you see them going when they graduate? I think it's a mixture, and that is what is uh, we have a great relationship with our Chamber of Commerce, who is continuously working to, to put us into career pathways. I think gone are the days of you feel like everybody has to have that four-year degree to be successful. And so we have a a large group of students who, of course, will go to a four-year college degree. Uh, But we also have just as many, if not more, that are looking for a certificate, uh, looking to start career. And looking with our local universities, many of them are even starting one- and two-year certificated programs outside of a what we traditionally would have talked about in associates or bachelors. Yeah, I noticed that some of the high school graduations, I guess this past year, during the actual graduation ceremony, some of the schools would, you know, they would point out, you know, this student is going on to whatever four-year university, or this student has already agreed to a a brand new job and is headed towards a career in, again, you name it. But it it was kind of neat hearing where some of the students are headed after they graduate during their ceremony. Yeah, we had just uh, Laverne High School as that example is their their program, our first year pilot last year with Motlow. All of our local high schools have some type of partnership, if not with one community college or university with multiple and so just seeing the opportunities and that's what makes us so unique is that we can offer so many opportunities for our students and then also within each of the schools we have school resource officers and i know that's been a a long time program with the rutherford county sheriff's office how is that going and and where do the schools stand on those officers coming in and actually educating different students on different subjects because I, i know there's been a lot of talk about SROs teaching kids about things like the dangers of drugs or well they even have a a driving class yeah that is something that's continued to evolve our county was on the forefront more than two probably three decades ago I had SROs when I was a student in this county and that is not uh, I've had the experience of working in a different district and that is not the case everywhere and so our SROs are integral yes they are not uh, necessarily an employee of the county school system which makes that partnership a little unique but we have a good relationship with our sheriff's department Um, we are in a much better staffing standpoint from this point than we were last year. What makes it unique is that when we have an SRO that is coming into a school building, if they're coming from patrol, they have a 25 to 26 week program. And so you were, there's a gap, um, and that training's needed, but there's that gap in between making sure a school is covered and making sure that we have the right trained person in the building. Again, Dr. Jimmy Sullivan is our guest, and we do have a couple of questions to get to, and you can text us your questions at 615 893-1450 and some of the questions deal with going back to what we started with that pay and I, again I know you're under well a study is underway right now about the pay scale and where that's going to be in a few years but we'll get to this question when we come back from the break right now that time 836 you're tuned in to WGNS stay with us again more to come with Dr. Jimmy Sullivan of the Rutherford County School System 
Racing Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. By growing up in the restaurant business and being always around it, it was just something that was just second nature to me. I didn't realize the amount of work that was involved in it. I, I didn't understand and appreciate all that my parents sacrificed in order to provide for us. And now I'm very thankful and, I, and I'm very appreciative of the foundation that they laid for me so we could teach others to create what they have done to make it more of a legacy than just a passing of the torch. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have an excellent sound room with good acoustics. If you want to try out any guitar in the store, if you've got a perfect place to listen to it, compare them side by side, see how the neck feels to your hand, which is important to a guitar player. We have keyboards to play, a room in the back for drums to give a run through with cymbals, snares, whole sets. Come in Music World and Drummer's Den and try out before you buy it. Music World and Drummer's Den. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. The best part about taking ZQuil Pure Z's Sleep Plus Next Day Energy at night is actually the next morning. I wake up alert with none of the grogginess from taking too much melatonin. Pure Z Sleep Plus Next Day Energy is a bilayer tablet with immediate release melatonin and extended release B vitamins to help me fall asleep naturally and wake refreshed. It's my secret weapon for a great night's sleep and a great morning. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. Can't beat that. Zequel Pure Z's Gummies. Sleep better, wake your best. My heart was racing just making spaghetti. I could have waited to tell my doctor, but I didn't wait. I was short of breath just reading a book. I could have delayed telling my doctor, but I didn't wait. They told their doctors and found out they have atrial fibrillation, a condition which makes it about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you have one or more of these symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, this is no time to wait. Contact your doctor. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Time right now, 840. You're listening to WGNS again on this Monday morning, today the 26th of September. Our guest today, Dr. Jimmy Sullivan. He is the head of the Rutherford County School System. And one of the questions that we received that was a text what is a starting pay for a teacher in Rutherford County Schools? Great question. For a, and again, this is a credit to our school board. The starting salary this year is $44,930. And something I always want to point out is that you always hear teachers say, oh, you're paid to sit at home in the summer. Teachers are not paid for the summer. Um, those are days that are, that are not part of their contract. So that is a 200-day contract that starts at the beginning of August and runs usually through a day or two after Labor Day. And I know I added to that question, as far as those who come into the new Teach Now program coming from the 
industrial or business world to become a teacher, what do they get paid starting out? They have the exact same pay. Um, so $44,930, they start off at the same. And what makes that Teach Now program so great is yeah, there's a little bit of a cost to it, 500 to 1000 depending on the year, but you're not having to pay the a local per credit fee, for example. Now, you're not getting a master's degree on top of it. You're just becoming a licensed teacher. But that makes it much more affordable for somebody who is leaving industry and then instead of having to go pay to go back to college, we can go ahead and work to get you a license. And of course, those coming in who have their master's or even their PhD, they are paid on a higher level than just those with a bachelor's. They are. So just for a master's degree, for example, a beginning year teacher would be 49207 And it goes all the way over to where if you have a doctorate degree, you would start off at 57358 And for those teachers who have been in the teaching field for, let's say, 10, 20 years even, you do have a lot of teachers who have their master's or PhD. Oh, absolutely. I would say the majority of our teachers, especially that have more than five to 10 years, have some type of advanced, if not all the way up to a PhD, they have a master's plus a certain number of hours because teachers, that's what we love about education is we continue to learn. And where do you see Rutherford County as far as if there were a ranking, and I'm sure there is somewhere, that you know ranks Rutherford County schools, staff, or teachers as far as their education level versus some of the other counties? We would easily be in the top 10%. Part of that is because of our partnerships with our local universities. We are blessed, and I sometimes think we can be blinded by the fact that we have so many options, but the majority of our state in Tennessee is rural, and so you don't have those type of um, opportunities for students, for teachers to continue their education. And again, you can text us any questions, 615-893-1450. As far as the study that is being done on the pay scale, do you foresee the pay going up for the next, you know, for the next upcoming school year? I do. And an area that our school board and um, I know that our county commission will look at as well is that we have to look at our classified staff. Our teachers, of course, are the lifeblood of our school system, but our school system is not going to operate if we're not if we're not properly staffed and properly trained with our hourly and classified staff, and so I'm talking about um, our educational assistants, our custodians, our front office staff, all of those different types of people, and we realize that's an area that we have to look to improve. And then substitute teachers, how do they, I guess you contract with an outside source in order to bring in substitute teachers when needed. But how do they get paid? Where do they stand compared to other school districts? We recently, and our school board again thank them, um, just recently approved this. And so that's what I, I like about where we are in Rutherford County is that we're not going to wait an entire year. When we see a problem, we're going to be within our means and our budget to fix a problem. We, were, we have two contracted services for our substitutes, one for the north end of the county and one the south end, and our fill rates were not appropriate. Uh, we were below 50% for the north end, which meant we were having teachers having to cover classes, EAs having to cover classes, not being compensated. And so at our last school board meeting, we actually just increased that um, to $125 for a certified sub to come in. I mean, I believe that goes down to 105. I can't remember the exact number if you're a non-certified person. And these substitute teachers, again, they're basically under another, I guess they're under a company that you outsource with. So how do you go about handling problems with a substitute teacher? If one arises at a school with one particular substitute, how do you how do you address that? Yeah, that is a very quick process. So our principals let our HR department or myself know, and then we contact the um, employee. We use Advantage for the south end, and ESS is the contractor for the north end, and we 
due due process to make sure um, that they're what the issue that actually occurred and then we'll remove them. I'm sure some people just aren't cut out for teaching yeah. and they may not realize it yes. just yet. Uh, they, you, they realize it pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, it, you know, I remember as a kid having a substitute teacher, it was either you know, we're excited about this one coming in or, oh, no, not that one again. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think the part that is different than when we were students is now that our other teachers are, I have pretty much over the last couple of years, it was a COVID, check in so much more with our substitutes to make sure our kids are taken care of. And going back to security and the school resource officers, how is security handled today because I know a lot has changed over the years, but how is it handled today as far as cameras? Are they in the hallways of every school? Who do you allow in the school and who do you not allow in the school? Yeah, when we, uh, and that's something I want to make sure our community is aware of. We have the, the lock systems that are every one of our schools. So a parent has to, to buzz to get into school and show an ID or, or state their purpose. And that is not to keep parents out. I know that was unfortunate part of the of consequence of putting that in the school systems, but that's to keep our kids safe. And so as long as you have a business or a visitor or an appointment to come into the schools, you're more than welcome to be in the schools. If you're actually going into the hallways, then we have a rapture system that we use your license and and hold your license and scan it to make sure there's nothing pending on your, your account before we let you into the building with students. And as far as cameras, um, absolutely. We have cameras just about anywhere and everywhere that you possibly can is the biggest problem as far as when it comes to issues involving security is the biggest problem dealing with let's say those domestic situations where a divorced couple the father who may not have custody or vice versa the mother who may not have custody tries to pick up that child from the school is that the biggest issue that is one of our biggest issues we see on a day-to-day -day basis. And then, of course, we're, we're not the court system. And the court system with COVID got behind as well and making sure that we have the most up-to-date information. And sometimes that does require a parent to have to wait a little bit longer, but that is for the safety of the kid and the parent to make sure that we have the up-to-date parenting plan, the up-to-date information to make sure that kids are leaving with who they're supposed to leave with. So for parents out there who may be new to the world of divorce and maybe they just went through their first divorce, they're going to have to bring you, I guess, the parenting plan in the very beginning to let the school, the faculty know exactly who's supposed to be picking up and who's not. Yeah, and, and I, my parents were divorced when I was in middle school, and so that's something that is uh, near and dear to my heart and probably why I was in middle school um, as an educator. But as long as we know who has educational rights, who has pickup rights, the largest majority of situations are amicable. Both parents are getting along because they're looking out for the best point of their kid. Hey, I'm sure it can be confusing for staff. It absolutely can. And making sure that we have the most up to date because you have one parent that may have one piece of information, but we have to take the time to make sure that that matches um, even calling the court system to see what do they have, which can take a little bit of time. I, I know so far this particular school year, one of the bigger things that has occurred, there was uh, a young man found with, I believe, two guns outside of a Riverdale High School football, uh, outside of the field. I believe they were in his car, but I'm not positive. But he didn't even attend Rutherford yeah. County Schools. That's something that we are, we're looking at, and we are talking to our local law enforcement and also our school board and school staff. I know Clarksville Montgomery had a situation that occurred at a football game earlier this year. They've instituted a clear bag policy now for their games. Uh, that is something we are looking at as well. That would have to have, of course, school board approval. 
we have some logistical things to work through. Does that apply to players who are coming through because they would be at school all day and stay after? What about middle school kids who don't have a car? So we have some things we're looking at. Um, but that is that's something that I envision happening sooner rather than later. And of course, that's what you know. All the NFL stadiums have. You can't yeah. bring in a you know a backpack or a purse. It has to be something clear. Yeah, and I hate that that's where we are as a society. But our job is to make sure that our kids and our events are as safe as possible, and that's one area that we can control. Have there been any other I don't know fairly large discipline problems so far this year? I think what we are seeing is that students overall, the majority of students are getting back on track to where they have been. Student behavior wasn't the focus the last two years. Where we are seeing the biggest issue, though, is that when we have extreme behaviors, those are more extreme than they would have been in the past. And so what I mean is when you were you have a disrespectful kid in the past, the kid would have the, the coping mechanisms to be able to handle that. And because of the last two years, they don't have that. So they continue to escalate. I know earlier, I believe just a couple of weeks ago, we got an email from a student, I believe at Laverne High School. And it was in regards to the way an SRO spoke to a student. When situations come up where somebody's questioning the words that a school resource officer said or a substitute teacher said, how do you handle those individual situations? Because I guess the SRO is not theoretically your employee. Correct. And, and that was at Smyrna High School. So Smyrna High School. Yes, that's okay. where that incident was. Um, we met with the sheriff's department because you're you're absolutely correct. That type of language our teachers wouldn't use. And I know that's not condoned by the sheriff's department either. But I can't speak for that very much because, again, they're not our employee. I know that that SRO is no longer at that school. So in those situations, you go to, you know, whoever the, I, I guess, Uh, bosses of of those people yeah they have their own um, hierarchical structure as well and this one actually we we met with um, Mayor Fitzhugh as well and discussed this situation so same thing like you were saying with those substitute teachers you guess first go to the principal then you go to the outside agency that's hiring those substitutes correct and what are the biggest needs you have right now as a county school system the biggest need for me is, again, looking at supporting our teaching staff that we have, um, because if, if yes, we're going to have issues, we're a large district, we're going to have issues uh, as things come up, just in differencing an opinion. In the last couple of years, that has been blown out. If you have a difference in an opinion, then for some reason, we can't respect or like each other. And that's, we work in the public, that can't be the way that we operate as a school system. Um, we are still going to, as I, as I talked about earlier, we're going to continue to have to recruit from outside of Tennessee and really outside of Murfreesboro because we are growing so quickly. MTSU, Lipscomb, Vanderbilt, Belmont, they are not producing enough teaching candidates for us to even sustain our growth, let alone our retirees. And so that's the biggest need that I see is support for our staff. And if there's an issue letting us know instead of just blowing it up all over the world for us to address, because if our teachers and our staffs don't feel supported and then our parents don't feel listened to, then we're not going to have a good community aspect. And when you look at the number of employees within the county school system, it's basically a small town. I mean, how many thousand do you employ now? Uh, Over 6,200. 6,200. And again, how many schools? Uh, We're at 50 schools. Does that include the virtual schools as well? Yes, it does. Okay. So 50 schools right now and future schools, because as we grow, obviously this is another thing that you've talked about before, the need for more schools, the need for more land to build on. What schools are coming to our area next? What new schools are planning to be built? Yeah, so we will, right now we're in the middle of talking about our high school additions that was approved by the the school board back um, in the spring. And so at that point, uh, the huge concern for me is still the north and then the west side 
of I-24, um, the north end schools, whether you have Laverne, Rock Springs, Stewart's Creek, Smyrna, they are all growing or at capacity. And then, of course, we have the Blackman Rockville situation as well. I'm probably most concerned with outside of the Riverdale, Rockville, Blackman Elementary, Stewart's Creek, uh, Smyrna High School. Those are areas that are utilizing portables um, in places we haven't had to use portables before. Now, of course, with Rockville, that school open either at capacity capacity or close to capacity. And then after they open, a, a ton of new neighborhoods yes. started to be built. And now I think a lot of folks are moving into new houses in those new neighborhoods. A lot of folks or a lot of kids who are at Rockville, they were changed or rezoned to places like Riverdale. Correct. So is there going to be a, another new school for high schoolers in the Rockville area? Not right now. There's not one planned. Um, the the addition to Riverdale High School would, would hopefully help some of that. Uh, we are in the middle of contracting with a third-party contract as well for possible rezoning. We know that we have open seats at the, in the Siegel area. And so we may have to look at things a little bit differently, but I know our parents don't want to be rezoned. And so we've asked for support in developing a five-year strategic plan on zoning to where we can't see everything that's going to happen, but our parents shouldn't have to be rezoned. I know my community was, uh, my neighborhood was rezoned from Riverdale to Rockville to Riverdale in four years. Wow. And then when it goes towards Christiana, and Christiana is a big area that goes, well, all the way down I-24 towards Beach Grove. Is that area of Christiana going to see a future high school? That's something that we have to look at. We don't have land in that area outside of Plainview right now. Um, That area is more the Riverdale zone. And so when we look um, with our planner, Shane Morgan, who does a fabulous job for us, we always look to make sure that we have a high school that has like a five-mile radius, and that's an area that doesn't have one on the south end. Again, talking with Dr. Jimmy Sullivan this morning, head of the Rutherford County School System, Walter Hill. I believe, if I recall correctly, the county schools do have land out there to build on for a new school, but plans. Where do we stand on plans and actual construction of a school in Walter Hill? You know, that got some attention um, last week. That is not something that... Um, our school board has decided officially we at least from my standpoint want to look at all our land to see what do we have where do we need and to see some of where this zoning study comes in place um, because there is an area that you could build there and then kind of clockwise rezone everybody to take care um, but then i also look at it and know that we have needs in other places as well i know from an a investment standpoint i would hate to give up land that may increase in value because as a school system we may need that later on but I also know that we're looking at funding to buy other property right now. As far as the incoming students, people who are new to Rutherford County, you're not seeing as many elementary age kids as you are as families coming in with high schoolers. And I think a lot has to do with that. And I think you mentioned before, a lot has to do with the cost of homes now in Rutherford County. But where are you seeing the biggest increase in students each year? So this year, uh, as we're continuing elementary school-wise, Stewart's Creek Elementary and Blackman Elementary are my two biggest concerns. They are overcrowded, um, are using portables, and and are out of space for portables. From the middle and high school perspective, Stewart's Creek High School and then um, Smyrna High School actually grew over 100 students from May till August. And so Stewart's Creek High School is actually our largest high school at this point. Rockville High School is number two. With the rezoning, Smyrna High School is going to catch them. They're within 50 kids of each other. Now, Stewart's Creek and both Rockville, you said they both have portables in use? They do. They both have portables. I was um, with Dr. Harrell two weeks ago to look at where could we put their next portables as well because rezoning to for Stewart's Creek is a struggle. Laverne's at capacity. Smyrna High School's at capacity. 
Blackman High School is close or if not at capacity. So for the Stewart's Creek and that north end section that it's a struggle of where would you put additional students outside of portables. And again, highlight for us what middle schools and high schools you're planning to add on to versus just building another school in that area. Yeah, right now in our five-year plan, we have um, Riverdale High School, Oakland High School, and Smyrna High School that are in the more immediate future of, of adding additions. Then we have Laverne and Blackman High School looking at additions as well. Um, later, we are in the middle of opening Rockville Middle School to have an addition. Rockville Elementary School is in the middle of their addition um, as well. And then we are, of course, looking to for a new building um, at some point in the next five years. And whenever you add on to a new school, of course, that equals additional students. But it's also, I guess, it's a heavier burden for the school principals of those schools. So how many school principals will places like Rockville have? One head principal and then how many assistant principals would be normal yeah we have operated the last really for as long as i can remember with is the minimum that we can from an administrative standpoint because we want our funds to go into the classroom but you get to a point where you're being efficiently negligent because you you've got to make sure that you have the administrative support to support it so we are right now funding a high school principal and then one assistant principal per 500 students um but that is that is a a a lesser number than the state actually allocates for a spending and for funding. And so we've tried to put those into the classroom. It's got to be tough because you're talking about managing basically a small company. Yes. And when it comes to all the kids who are involved, it's almost as if they're the day-to-day -day workers there because you've got to manage not only the staff and the teachers, but also the kids. Yeah, it is huge. It is not a a great place to be. We operate the largest middle school in the state. Blackman Middle School is the largest. I would say that Stewart's Creek Elementary um, and Rock Springs Elementary and Roy Waldron Elementary are probably in the top five if I for elementaries. And then high schools, I know Collierville is the largest. Um, Rockville was number three last year. They're probably down in the top 10 this year, but all of our schools are, are huge. When I go back and talk to other directors of schools and they're telling me about their, their total 2,800 students that they have in their district, and I'm like, well, that's that's a high school for us. But we have the largest middle school in the we state. We do. Blackman Middle School is the largest. Mount Juliet was larger until Winfrey Bryan opened, but Blackman Middle is the largest middle school in the state. Does that scare you a little bit heading into the future? It does, especially that's where I um, started my career. So I, I can envision that school building, that community, those students, and that is a, it's a large place. Again, with us this morning, Dr. Jimmy Sullivan. He has been our guest today, and we're actually already out of time. But again, Dr. Jimmy Sullivan, head of the Rutherford County School System. And if anybody has questions for you, they can just go to the county school website, I guess, find your message Email address and email me out. Sounds good. Thank well, you. thank you for joining us. Thanks. Time right now, 8.59. Stay with us. We have more news and information coming up. I'm out of Florence West. I like Adam's Place because you get friendly with everybody. They give you too much food and help you too much. Are you saying Adam's Place has spoiled you? Yes, sir. Real big, and I tell them that too. They've got me rotten. I would encourage anyone to come to Adam's Place. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adam's Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart.